1: Mahomes has the time, delivers,
0: perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one, and it's touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr., did he
2: catch he did, hello everyone, welcome back to Road of Overtime on Road of Radio, my name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel, um, over the next couple of weeks, I guess we'll kick off the show by saying that we're going to have uh, two shorter shows each week to uh, fill in that fantasy fix. I know a lot of podcasts can uh, disappear at this time of the year. We're going to keep it rolling here on, on Rotovis Radio and, of course, on Rotovis Overtime uh, to have two shows a week for you. So we'll be having one show earlier in the week, usually uh, around Wednesday and then the other show coming out um on on fridays hopefully that is the, that is the plan we'll see how it goes throughout the off season. so today a nice short uh quick digestible show where we'll be talking about some bounce back wide receivers to target in 2020 um sean of course this is one of your pieces but before we get into the piece uh how are things obviously uh both the the chiefs uh, the packers uh and of course the 49ers and the ravens having that bye week this week uh, in the playoffs and we see how important that bye week is um as we as we see the saints unfortunately for the, those fans out there losing out to the Vikings and what was one of the more interesting games of the weekend but uh, a kind of an unusual weekend all around but some very very good games to to get diving into but um, obviously uh, it was nice to sit back and and watch the games without without too much stress this, this last weekend
3: the wildcard games were fantastic exciting down the stretch obviously at the bills texans game uh, where you get the big comeback from the texans as you mentioned you see how valuable that buy is with the patriots going out and being uh, out of the playoffs at this point for the first time in what feels like forever and certainly now i think for chiefs fans this is an exciting time a good matchup i think with the texans although they lost at home to the texans earlier this season this looked to me like the weakest team in the AFC playoffs. Uh, but anytime that you have Deshaun Watson, you have those receivers, certainly if Will Fuller is able to play, it'll open up their offense quite a bit more and should be an exciting game there with the two young star QBs. So a lot of great matchups set for the next round here in the playoffs. And I think the NFL has got to be very excited about the great start they got off to with the, the playoffs this season.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, when you mentioned the the Texans there, I think it's a case of the Texans talent won that game against the Bills. I don't think it was down to the coaching staff and putting the team in a position to win. I think it's purely down to the the ability that uh, guys like Deshaun Watson uh, have, um, you know, to, to push to push that through and get it over the line so uh, let's see if they can be coached a little bit better when it gets to to this weekend's action but we're going to jump into it sean we're going to talk this week about uh, an article that you have up and it's talking about bounce back wide receivers to target in 2020 and i find this is somewhere where obviously you can you can invest in players who could potentially bounce back uh, a following season Um, And you could end up then obviously not having a a good investment because it might fall flat on its face. But it is an area where there is huge possibilities to, you know, gain that advantage. Um, People maybe out on a player mightn't be as high as he was in terms of reputation. But then being able to, to pick up uh, those players who, who far out, out uh, report ADP and um, so this obviously is somewhere where I think there's huge value every year uh, Blair has done some interest in working as well in the, the wrong read articles um, what's your thoughts is it somewhere that you think there's an advantage each and every year Sean um, in terms of uh, wide receiver values
3: I'm not as big on targeting the bounce back receivers. I prefer to really shop in that breakout range. However, one of the great things here is that based on Blair's research, we found that there are some specific characteristics that really help us pick out the top bounce back candidates and perhaps even more importantly, uh, avoid the traps, right? And so I think when you have this opportunity to perhaps exploit the market here because you know what works and what doesn't, and this is another area that the research will really help you because there are a handful of characteristics for bounce back receivers that are very intuitive. And anytime that's the case, it's good to know that what your intuition is telling you is correct because that's certainly not always the case, but then there are also several characteristics that are probably surprising. And so by busting those myths, by, not going after some specific types of candidates that maybe seem very appealing but haven't historically done well, you can avoid those traps. So both things are valuable to know uh, when your intuition is telling you the truth and when it might be leading you astray. By looking at Blair's work, we can go through and then look at the individual receivers and make some good choices there. We did this last year and recommended Marvin Jones and Jamison Crowder out of a group of 11 or 12 guys and even with jones getting injured down the stretch those two players were able to add a huge number of points back over their 2018 results obviously they had strong 2017s down in 2018 bounce back with a combination of 193 more points than they'd scored the previous year so encouraging i think that what blair has found worked for us last year we'll see if it'll work again
2: yeah and when we look at it obviously the the kind of candidates you're looking at are players who scored more than 150 points last year and then had at least a decline of 50 points or more in 2019. Now uh, you've gone through a list of 16 candidates and in terms of like players like uh, Devontae Adams it's always uh, interesting to see where it changes in terms of where people's expectations are off him because his season if you kind of extrapolate it over um, you know an entire 16 games would still be pretty good he didn't have the touchdowns that he had last year but he still um, you know has five touchdowns on the season most of that coming over the last couple of weeks but um, still almost a um, thousand yards 997 over 12 games so see a player like Devontae Adams do you think it's fair really to look at him as a player who underperformed this year obviously he didn't go where we were hoping at the start of the season but do you think that's more a case of purely down to injury uh, rather than anything to do with uh, his situation or his ability
3: yeah so when we're looking at bounce back players there are a wide variety of reasons why a player might fit in this category and one of those is injuries and we'll talk about that in a second in terms of how injuries play in and where you might want to chase injured players and where you might not you mentioned that he still had a very good season played in 12 games scored 215 fantasy points Just to put that in context, when we're looking at breakout wide receivers, we're looking at 200 as the threshold. And the reason that we do that, number one, a nice easy number there. Number two, that roughly corresponds to a wide receiver two season. So the bottom wide wide receiver two season. So Adams, obviously, even though he misses a quarter of the games, scores over that level. An elite receiver. So, when we're talking about someone like Devontae Adams bouncing back, we're really looking at, you know, will he get back to this range where people might have him as the wide receiver one? Will he get back to this range where people might take him in the first round? Obviously, going into 2020, with some of the players who emerged both at the running back position and then young wide receivers, there's going to be this very difficult question of where do you value Adams getting a little bit older? Scoring a little bit fewer points, dealing with the injury, being in an offense now, and certainly a, another season by Aaron Rodgers that wasn't particularly impressive, right? Was not bad. That <laughs> leads the Packers to that playoff bye. You won't argue with that. But in terms of a prolific quarterback season, we haven't seen that now from Aaron Rodgers for a while. And so the questions start to be asked is he not exactly in the same point? along his arc as someone like a Tom Brady but maybe he's moving in that direction not that he's going to be a bad reality quarterback but that he might not be this fantasy juggernaut the other thing too yeah, I talked to- you mentioned here you know we're looking at these guys who scored a large number of points declined by at least 50 points and whether or not they will jump back the next season looking at the numbers really reminds you just how difficult it is to put up those massive seasons right so Devonte adams has scored 330 points the previous year there were actually three receivers i didn't even include in the article who also had uh the requisite decline to be included and i didn't include them because their seasons again were just still so good and that was deandre hopkins julio jones and mike evans evans having the injury there at the end that kept him from going past but when we're looking at at top players whether they be a christian mccaffrey uh certainly you know we saw with saquon barkley the decline uh, some of these top wide receivers in any given year uh, it's difficult to go back out and hit that 300 point plus level and so that's something we want to keep in mind just in terms of our expectations for these players
2: yeah exactly and when we look down through it obviously that was kind of a more uh, extreme example just based on the injury but there, there is a number of interesting players on it and more so some of these guys are because of how big a season they had the previous year guys like Tyreek Hill Adam Thielen like had the, the monster season uh with all those hundred yard games to start it off uh, last year Tyreek Hill obviously has had some injuries this year I guess the players then that really fall into it that I would class as where I'd be looking into that bounce back range are players like Juju uh, Smith-Schuster who's here Brandon Cooks who's in it and T.Y. Hilton now Hilton and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster obviously had huge changes at the quarterback position versus what we probably expected it to be uh, even uh, a couple of weeks before last season with Luck retiring and then the injury too big Ben. Uh, Brandon Cooks had the the issues obviously with the the offense for the Rams not really getting going uh, and taking it towards the end of the season and also the fact that he had those concussions so there's a couple of things um, you know there but out of those three guys I think the player that you have to have the most confidence in moving forward Sean is is clearly Juju Smith-Schuster. Is he somebody who could be uh, that priority candidate for you heading into 2020? Obviously the quarterback is the, the big question but uh, I, I think that this year was just kind of everything that could go wrong did go wrong for, for Gigi.
3: Definitely and this is a good time to bring in those characteristics we talked about and look at what they are in terms of what helps us to hit on these bounce back candidates. Now a successful bounce back tends to be younger and earlier drafted than the guys who don't bounce back. They were also more prolific producers both in the year prior to the the decline and then in terms of efficiency they were more efficient both in the year before the decline and in the year of the decline right so basically and blair talks about this in his article a little bit um he says like, if that sounds like i'm telling you that better players bounce back more often then that's exactly the case right so when we're looking at bounce back guys we're more likely to find someone in that category if they are young you know high draft priority if they scored a ton of points so you mentioned that some of these guys scored so many points that you know we're not necessarily even looking at them in the bounce back category per se but having scored a lot of points in the year prior to the decline is a very positive indicator the other thing that i think is interesting here and is a little bit different than what you hear a lot of times in the general community is this idea that the bounce back guys actually were better in terms of efficiency than the players who don't back bounce back so a lot of times when we're looking at bounce backs we tend to think well um, efficiency is random and where that may be the case game to game it's less the case year to year right it's also a case where even if the efficiency doesn't predict itself extremely well it can give us a sense of how teams are going to approach volume the following season and so certainly these guys who played well and whatever the circumstances were kept them from getting those numbers those are the kinds of guys we want to go after now one of the things that i think is maybe the small red flag with smith schuster is that even in this season where they had all of these quarterback difficulties we had someone like a deontay johnson uh, play particularly well have some good efficiency numbers and juju struggled by contrast however we certainly know that the defensive attention to him is going to be very different also smith schuster even when he played was dealing with a number of injuries that held him back so when you're looking at someone who's had the first two seasons that smith schuster has had definitely someone that you want to have on your dynasty rosters and it's probably not correct to think You're going to need or you're going to have this opportunity to buy him on the cheap. He's still going to be very, very expensive. The difference here might be over where we were a season ago is that now at least some owners will listen to offer. So they're still going to expect you to make a big offer, but they will listen. Whereas previously, a lot of owners approach their young stars from the perspective of almost no trades would even be considered they want to have those guys as foundation pieces i don't really go about it that way one of the things i'm going to talk about uh, on the site next week and we'll probably discuss on the show are what's what are the types of trades you would make if you were selling christian mccaffrey right now so i think that you should be open to selling all the time a lot of owners are not i think this might be your one window to go out and actually have an opposing owner listen to a smith schuster trade this (whistles) offseason
2: Before we get into the second half of today's show, obviously we've been talking throughout the show about some of the articles up on the site. Of course, we touch on the tools that are up there as well. Such a great suite of tools, so much good content up on the rotoviz.com website. And as a loyal Podcast listener, as always, we are delighted to offer you the opportunity for a 10% discount to a his NFL pass that is available now through the NFL podcast homepage. So is rotobiz.com forward slash podcast. That gives you unlimited access to all of the content and tools up on the site. That gives you unlimited access to all the content on site, all the tools, all the fantastic work that guys are doing. You can check that out and, of course, save yourself that 10% discount. I think the site is already at a discount at its current price, but if you get in there and get that 10% extra off, help set you up for the 2020 season we're here with you all throughout the offseason heading into the regular season it might seem like a long way away but if you get that advantage now start getting on your league mates you'll be ready for another championship in 2020 so once again head on over to rotavis.com forward slash podcast get yourself signed up for that extra 10% off So Sean, as we jump into the second half of the show, we're going to look at some candidates who may like, legitimately fall into where people are maybe not even thinking about these players heading into the offseason. There's a couple of interesting names here, some of them who... You know, we kind of thought that they might have a down season. Some of them that we hoped that would have kind of a a spike in terms of their production. Somebody like Adam Humphries, who went from the Buccaneers, went on that uh, deal to the Titans, and obviously things didn't work out really at all for him there. So there was obviously that opportunity. We thought that he was getting into a more of a a more volume role. Um, didn't really didn't really happen, but it it could still possibly work out for him somebody like Alshon Jeffrey who has missed uh, quite a large amount of games this season now that Eagles team was probably as banged up a team as you could have in the playoffs at this stage of the year Um, but Jeffrey still somebody who even going to be entering kind of into that age thirty range season. I think he's a player who could end up starting to be a little bit of a value in terms of uh, dynasty. I know when we get to the we can kind of have a 30 year age cliff uh, where people tend to jump off and get rid of those wide receivers but um, you know it still can be that value if you're filling out those rosters to get somebody like a Jeffrey. The other player who didn't live up to expectations but did have a mid season move and that was Mohamed Sanu Now obviously there's the situation we don't really know what's going on with the Patriots from a number of different angles. Uh, Mohamed Sanu who is somebody who might fit that Corey Davis? Who, although he hasn't, uh, you know, had a had a bad season overall, he's been pretty efficient across the board. Um, he obviously is in, in the shadow at the moment of uh, Mister AJ Brown, who's continuing to dominate. But. Corey Davis uh, could be somebody interesting so I'm going to get your thoughts in a minute on all of those and somebody who I know that you have liked and had some uh possible expectations heading into the season as somebody who could uh you know make a jump and that was Zay Jones that didn't didn't happen really either this season out of those guys um we'll mention those first I know there's a few more on the list who is the the one on that list that that you are possibly most intrigued about heading into 2020
3: one of the disappointing things i think for uh, this season and for this group of candidates is that we don't exactly have a guy from the less expensive range that you would really like guys like a Jamison crowder like a marvin jones from last year you mentioned humphreys he's an interesting example of draft status and how those expectations perhaps stay with you uh, throughout your career even Once you've done some pretty impressive things. Now, Humphreys had 189 points in 2018. Looked like he was potentially on the cusp of a breakout. Entering that fifth season, one of the things that we've seen is that players in that category, often when they go to a different team, that team is willing to see them as the player they signed as a free agent, as opposed to seeing them as the player they drafted. And those can be two very different things. The frustrating thing here with Humphreys is even after he signed this contract, which was a four-year, thirty-six million dollars contract with nineteen million in guarantees. When I looked that up yesterday, I was surprised that it was quite that large. Even though you know you you know that they obviously made the effort to bring to bring him in there, you know nineteen million in guarantees. And then what happened is that his snap rate actually dropped from seventy percent in twenty eighteen with the Buccaneers to only fifty one percent there in tennessee and then that was before he missed uh, the end of the season with an ankle injury one of the things happening to him here obviously aj brown becoming a star but then also tajay sharp re-emerging as a viable nfl player who's stealing some of the opportunity that humphreys might have had i I think this has got to be a concern for him at this point that the situation in tennessee is not what he expected when he signed with them
2: I think so, and like I I kind of touched on Corey Davis there as well. Obviously, there's a lot of changing pieces with Tannehill there, but it just, it just really didn't shake out um, for him. Um, Corey Davis is another interesting one that we mentioned. Obviously, a lot of hype coming out of college. Pretty much, A.J. Brown is... Uh, no, obviously he's probably better than we ever thought Corey Davis was going to be but we had that hype of Corey Davis coming into the league that he could be that kind of superstar wide receiver and obviously just hasn't worked out now whether that's down to the situation uh, with Mario and him uh, as a quarterback wide receiver duo or whether that's with uh, just him and his development it'll be interesting to see if he's somebody who could make that move forward obviously it's gonna be a little bit harder with AJ Brown there and getting the volume that he's going to get but obviously that opens up the door as well for less attention coming Corey Davis's way but he's still somebody I, I do I do have some hopes for but he, he's heading into uh his fourth year and looking at the you know the, the work that you've done he doesn't really profile into that fourth year breakout um that we we, we may have once hoped to see him developing now uh, the other players that give on the list Sean are Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, uh, interestingly uh, a couple of veterans here in Demarius Thomas and T- Taylor Gabriel and then of course AJ Green and Deshaun Jackson now uh, I think safe to say AJ Green <laughs> has to bounce back from the season in which he didn't play any snaps uh, I-, I still would like to see where he ends up but I-, I think he's a player that will have some value I always find Sean when players are those off-season free agents and, and do move teams I-, I-, I know the work that has been done into those players then having some issues with being successful on their new team but i always find that that tends to give a spike to their adp do you think aj green's that candidate this year where there probably won't be a huge reduction um you know depending on where he lands at that that adp will probably spike again before before draft season
3: i do once he moves to a team especially if it's an interesting team and you would think that the team that would go out and acquire green would be a contender right a contender perhaps with an established quarterback and in that case you're going to usually see that bump and the question is not so much if the bump is justified you know once we have more understanding and more confirmation of where the landing spot is it makes sense for some of that risk to be uh, eliminated there and people feel more comfortable buying him which really is what the aj green owners need at this point the question really is how much it gets up to and, and what does the price become because exactly like you mentioned established veterans who change teams tend to see their point totals decrease after going to a new team now for green he's in sort of a, this unique situation where he's uh, had the big decreases for multiple seasons obviously this past year because he did not play at all and so he's going to score more points than zero unless he actually is completely done which i think is at least a tiny possibility there with you know how his ankle played out this this year the you know reluctance that he had to come back now certainly he's saying all the right things either about staying with the Bengals or playing elsewhere so almost certainly he will be playing however we're going to need to change our expectations from the AJ Green who was a star to the AJ Green who exists currently you think about some of the guys you know perhaps not to the AJ Green level but players who have gone through sort of multi-year injuries and what we have to look at or assume for them or understand for them as the new normal after they do that you think of someone like a Hakeem Nix someone like a Kenny Britt someone like an Alshon Jeffrey who you mentioned someone else on the list one of the things that Blair discusses in his article is that the bounce back players actually play in more games than those players who don't bounce back so although injuries are often a factor and we talked about with the high profile names on those lists that they played Know two or three four fewer games scored a certain fewer number of fantasy points but players who are still in that range where they mostly played a season scored similar levels perhaps in terms of points per game those guys are people we can comfortably expect to bounce back whereas the people who have started to play in a much lower number of games that's a red flag right and so aj green might be a lot more like an alshon jeffrey type of player than he is the old A.J. Green. And so when you're buying him, you want to take that into consideration Uh, in terms of this bounce-back group and what causes players to bounce back, what causes players to have the collapses. One of the things that Blair has looked at and that we tend to to understand is that age and injury combined tend to create situations where, you know, certainly to an extent, you have people who are injured, but also once you players get older, then there's less of an emphasis from the coaching staff to give them multiple chances so even if it's the same guy you're also dealing with simply the fact that there's more skepticism about older players who are injured and so we do want to avoid older players we do want to avoid injured players it's tempting to think that represents an exploitable uh, hole here because everyone is tending to avoid them but they're avoiding them for good reason these players historically have not performed well
2: yeah and it's going to be interesting to see who does bounce back so we don't want to give away everything that's in the article so I do urge the listeners to go and check that out and uh, see who they think might bounce back uh, this coming season and uh, keep an eye on that and of course we'll keep an eye on the ADPs and things like that uh, teams changing and coaches changing and all that there as we get closer to the season so that's going to do it for today's edition of Road to Overtime as I mentioned it's going to be the shorter format over the coming weeks make sure you are subscribed uh, whether uh, you listen to it on Apple Podcast or how you listen to it, it will be available on all those different platforms. Make sure you subscribe to get all the shows as they come out. You'll see across some of the other shows as well, they'll have a similar format. So plenty of fantasy goodness coming your way over the next couple of weeks. As always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Martin. My co-host is Mr. Sean Siegel. Uh, make sure you're checking out all the great work. Sean sitting up on the site. He teased that piece a moment ago uh, that we might talk about on one of our upcoming shows about Christian McCaffrey. So be sure and check That one out when it comes out as well. And with that, until we're back with the next show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at Rotovis Radio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis at a 30% discount through the
1: Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran.